0: Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90min. As ever, I'm your host Harry Simeon and on this edition we're going to be discussing Bukayo Saka and the interest in the Arsenal starlet from abroad. We're going to be talking a little bit about Alexis Sanchez's situation at Inter and whether or not he's somebody that you'd consider taking back we're also going to be taking your questions and uh, thoughts from the live chat box as well and so as always there is plenty to get through uh, make sure if you haven't done so already you are subscribed to the channel make sure you give the video a like uh, if you haven't done so already as we'd love uh, to see you guys help support the channel and take things up to a new level apologies for our live viewers that i am just a couple of minutes late um Went to to hit the live button and then remembered that I hadn't plugged in the charger for the laptop, which looking at the battery was probably going to be a bit of a disaster as my laptop may have turned off mid podcast. So I had to make sure I got that, went to go plug it in and then remember and couldn't find it and then remembered that it was in my bag that I took to work with me yesterday. And that bag with the charger in it was still in the car. So yeah, had to run out there and get that. So I do apologize for the delays. But we're here now and we're going to get in to some of these stories with regards to the Arsenal. And as I say, I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you uh, in the live chat throughout this broadcast. So let's kick off with this Bukayo Saka stuff. Now, according to reports, according to Calcio Mercato, who I must say, you know, are not not the most reliable of sources, if you want to put it that way. Uh, They are saying that Bukayo Saka is somebody that Arsenal would consider cashing in on for a fee of 50 million euros. That's the very least that Arsenal want, according to the report. That translates to around about 43 million pounds. And it says that the interest uh, is currently in existence from Juventus and from Atletico de Madrid. Now, I don't believe this for a second. I don't believe for a second that Arsenal would consider moving Bukayo Saka for what seems like such a nominal fee. I mean, Arsenal just paid that money, 50 million euros. Actually, Arsenal paid more than that for Ben White who, you know, is a good center back and will probably go on to be uh, a very crucial Uh, player for Arsenal in the years to come but come on let's be completely honest it is so abundantly clear that Bukayo Saka is the darling of Arsenal Football Club he's the darling of the British media at the moment after what happened at the European Championship so to think that Arsenal would entertain uh, such a low offer for Bukayo Saka I think is completely ludicrous now I'm not saying that Bukayo Saka is worth double triple three times that, because I do think that Bukayo Saka still has development areas, okay? And we're going to come on to discuss some of those uh, during this episode. But what I would say is, when you're trying to sign a player from another club, when you're trying to tempt somebody into parting ways with one of their most important players, with a player that they hold in very, very high regards, it's not about what you think they're worth in the transfer market. Because what you think they're worth doesn't always coincide with what the, the club you're trying to persuade to sell think he's worth. So in Bukayo Saka's instance, if you look at him statistically, if you look at what he produces in terms of outputs, goals, assists, all of that stuff, he probably isn't much more than a £50 million player. Now, that's me being brutally honest, and a lot of Arsenal fans won't like that because He is, as I say, somebody that we hold in very high esteem. There's obviously that affection between the Arsenal fan base and Bukayo Saka because he is one of our own. He's one of the HLM boys. And all of that contributes into into the thinking around this. But the reality is, and we've got to be completely honest, is that Bukayo Saka, as good as he is, in terms of transfer value, when you take out all of that emotion and all of those other factors, I don't think he is worth all that much more than 50 million pounds so that story in that sense doesn't feel too wide of the mark for me but as I said before it's not about what you think that players outputs are worth it's not about what you see them as being worth as the club that are potentially looking to sign them it's what the selling club see them as as worth and that's where the value comes in now, if I go over to TransferMarkt, which a lot of people use to try and gauge the valuations of players, and again, I've always, I have always say this when I use it, be cautious. It's not the gospel. It's just something. It's normally pretty good. It's normally pretty spot on, but it's something that's made up of all these different factors that uh, they use to monitor players, stats, contract length, etc., etc. But according to that site, Bukayo Saka is worth 58.5 million pounds. So I've heard Arsenal fans saying he's worth 100 million, he's worth 150 million, and he's not, you know, he, he isn't. And and I think that when you step out of the, the Arsenal world and you look at it from a more objective perspective, then you will see that actually 50, 60 million pounds seems reasonable. Now, I say that because as much as he's burst onto the scene Performed admirably, shown a great attitude, stepped up for England, took a penalty in the European Championship finals, and has really made progress in his career in the last two three seasons. Actually, the outputs at the moment are not quite where they need to be, and I want to evidence that uh, with statistics because I've talked a lot about it in recent days. You know, is Bukayo Saka and Emil Smith Rowe the pair of them as a as a combined? Are they at the level whereby? they can take Arsenal uh, to the next stage of their development right now, today, by themselves. And the answer to that is no. There's a lot more work that needs to be done. I mean, Bukayo Sak had a great season last season. Five goals, though, in 32 Premier League appearances and four assists is not something that stands out to you. It's not something that if I were looking at it from the outside in, I would say, well, this guy is definitely worth In excess of £100 million. Because look at those outputs. Look how much of a difference that would make. To any team he plays for. You can't say that with Bukayo Saka. But what you can do is factor in all the other stuff. The fact that he loves Arsenal. The fact that he was brought up at Arsenal. The fact that he is someone we see as a future leader. The fact that he is at this point. At such an early stage in his career. The fact that he's just signed a new contract. All of those things. Within the walls of the Emirates Stadium. And London Colney. Make him a far more valuable asset. In our eyes. But actually, when you look at what he actually produces, I don't think 50 million is is too far off the mark. Now, for what it's worth, I don't think those reports are accurate. Juventus, credited with an interest, couldn't even stump up the cash this summer to get Manuel Locatelli in. They had to do uh, a sort of um, a very specific deal with, with Sassuolo to make that happen which involves them paying the fee further down the line. Atletico Madrid, another club who financially aren't in the, in the best spot at the moment. Not You know, Spanish football, and Italian football in general aren't. Because of the COVID pandemic, it's had a massive impact. So I don't believe that this interest is, is necessarily genuine. But I guess the reason I talked a lot about Bukayo Saka's value is because I've seen some real crazy shouts from Arsenal fans on social media in response to this story, whereby they valued the player at A crazy amount of money that to me just seems completely wild I mean will he go on to be a hundred million pound player one day perhaps he will but I'd, I'd, I'd definitely make the point and definitely argue right now today Bukayo Saka is not at that level yet he may get there and fingers crossed he does and if he does then it's a very different conversation that we could be having further down the line but as of today Bukayo Saka is not worth that much money but Despite what he's worth and what he's not worth, and and regardless of that, I don't believe that this interest from Atletico Madrid and Juventus is genuine. And I also don't believe Arsenal have any intention of even considering a sale. So where this report from Calcio Mercato says that Arsenal want at least 50 million euros, it kind of suggests or insinuates that if that money was to come across the table, then Arsenal would accept it or at least consider accepting it. And for me, that is just not true. You know, we've heard so much about the long term vision of the club, about the direction of travel in which we are headed and about how key it is that we build this core. We get these guys together. We keep them together and we move forward as a football club together. So to think that we would just say, well, 50 million euros. I'll have a bit of that for Bukayo Saka. Just feels a little bit far fetched to me. Um, so it's classio. It's it, I almost a classio. It's classic Calcio Mercato in terms of the reliability around the rumor. I'm not, you know, a, a big fan of theirs in terms of what they report. I think that a lot of the time they're well off the mark. Um, so I'd be wary of it. But I just wanted to have that little discussion at the start of the show about what he is worth, um, and and distinguish between what he is worth to us as Arsenal Football Club and as Arsenal fans and what somebody outside of the walls of the Emirates Stadium would perceive him to be worth. Because I think those are two very different things. And we've seen that with a lot of players over the years. You know, Harry Kane, prime example, this summer. According to Tottenham, they wanted 100... Well, according to reports, Tottenham wanted £150 million for him and Manchester City didn't want to pay it. To Tottenham, losing somebody like Harry Kane, who scores... X amount of goals year in, year out, and is often the difference between them achieving their objectives and not achieving their objectives to them. He's worth 150 million pounds, but does he add enough to Manchester city to, to make them feel that he's worth 150 million pounds? Well, the answer is no. And that's why, you know, we're, we're led to believe that that deal didn't go through. You take into consideration the the situation we had with uh, Wilfred Zaha a few seasons ago, When Unai Emery was at the helm, he was desperate to bring Wilfred Zaha to the Emirates Stadium. And of course, our valuation of the player looking from the outside in, in comparison to Crystal Palace's valuation, were miles apart. And and that's another deal that didn't get done because the valuation of the selling club was much higher than what anybody was willing to pay. And I don't even blame the selling clubs when they take that stance because, you know, you could get. X amount of money in for your star, but there's no guarantee the player you're then going to go and bring in to replace him is going to hit those heights is going to hit that level. So there's an element of risk to doing that, which means that they bump up the price from fear of, of being left in a worse situation. So I get it. I understand it. It's the way it works. But Again, as I say, I don't necessarily think that the reports around Saka and, and interest from Europe are true. Clubs may be looking at him and admiring him, but I'll tell you this, he's not going anywhere right now. And, um, and, and that's the way it should be. But I just wanted to highlight that discrepancy between what we believe is worth and what people outside of the club will see him as being worth. Because I think that's very, very different. And I think often as football fans, we sometimes overlook that. And I wanted to make that point. Let's take some of your comments on the situation, uh, on the uh, valuation uh, that has been quoted by Calcio Mercato as uh, as being the one that Arsenal would be willing to, or at least expecting to receive, uh, should they decide to sell Bukayo Saka. Uh, let's take this one. Jonathan, uh, he says exactly exactly. Going back on my point about what players are worth to their current employers, he says exactly. Grealish's market value was never a hundred million pounds, but that's how much he's worth for Aston Villa. Exactly, prime example. And and sometimes, if you are the club buying, you need to persuade that club to part ways. You know, Aston Villa are not in a bad financial situation. They didn't need to sell Jack Grealish, therefore they wanted to bump up the price as high as they possibly could. They put a clause in the contract that said if A Champions League club came in and met the certain clause uh, or or met that certain valuation that they they would agree to let the player leave. So they protected their interest in doing that. And while to the rest of us, it seems like Man City may be paid over the odds for Jack Grealish actually to Aston Villa. That's exactly what he's worth. Bonster says Ari Saka is the English tax not taken into account. It's another great point, but you can't ask foreign clubs or expect foreign clubs to pay that English tax, I think. Um, which is why, you know, we're talking about a little bit of a difference here in terms of valuations. Junior Gunner says he's dropped off recently and he needs to massively improve his end product. But there is clear reason opposition teams target him and chop him down every time he's on the ball. Mark Williams says he's worth 100 million to Arsenal because of the fan base and attraction to young fans and commercial value. Uh, Let's see what else we've got. Um Lewis Cooper says he agrees that Saka is uh, around 50 million in terms of valuation. Yeah, I think that's about right. And there'll be Arsenal fans out there who'll be saying, Harry, what are you talking about? He is worth way, way more than that. But I would challenge you to look back on the last couple of seasons, look at the statistics um, and look at what he's actually produced in terms of outputs and then come back and say that he's worth a lot more than that. I think he's got potential, which adds value and as i always say on this podcast that potential however means jack shit unless you actually fulfill it and get to that level so um that, that's where i'm at on it uh really says harry i think we're overreacting here the story has no legs and saka is just tired and jaded he will be back to his best soon yeah um you know I, i'm sure he will return to his best form and, and my valuation of Bukayo's Saka now. He's not even based on his current form. It's based on what I've seen of him in an Arsenal shirt overall. I think there are some things that that obviously add to that valuation that you could obviously put in terms of you know attributes that he brings to the table that would see that increase. The fact that he's versatile, the fact that he's young, the fact that commercially in England right now he's he's hot property given his exploits with England in the summer. I think all of those things take into should be taken into consideration. But I just want to make it clear that my valuation of Bukayo Saka is based on what he's actually produced in an Arsenal shirt, rather than looking at him now and saying, well, he's out of form at the moment, therefore I'm going to slash half off of his price. What else have we got? Uh, Said Abdullah says, Harry, would you consider selling him if a crazy bid arrived? I think every footballer has a price, every single one. And if somebody was to offer, for example, £100 million for Bukayo Saka, which I think is double what his true value is, if you take the Arsenal sunglasses off, I think I would consider that, yes. But you consider that if you identify targets that you're then going to go and bring in with that money, that you feel on balance would overall increase your your chances of, of reaching your goals and, and hitting your objectives of that season. So... I would consider a big bid yes for any player in that Arsenal side because I don't think there's anyone that is so, so important right now that if we were to lose them, we'd dramatically get worse. I think that there are a lot of good players in that squad, but none of them are necessarily the difference maker week in, week out, like, for example, somebody like Robin Van Persie was, like Cesc Fabregas was, like Thierry Henry was, like... And the man I'm going to start talking about in a minute, Alexis Sanchez was. So that's where I'm at. I'd consider uh, any large bid. I'd think about it. I'm not saying I'd definitely take it. It would depend on what I could then do with that money. And that's why contingency planning is so, so important in modern football. Because we've seen teams in the past, you know, Spurs are a prime example of this. Cashed in on Gareth Bale, sold him to Real Madrid for huge money. And then they spent that money poorly, didn't they? They brought in a number of players, and for me, sometimes it's not about selling a big name and bringing in four, five, six players with the funds. Sometimes it's about, sometimes it's about you know looking at it and going, well, I could actually just bring in one or two players here that would be good enough to elevate my team to the next level. I think that's something that Arsene Wenger was very good at and didn't get enough credit for if you look at the years we qualified for the Champions League with squads that were, quite honestly, average, you know, you you looked at that team and you still had those talismanic difference makers, the Alexis Sanchez's, the Samir Nasri's, the Mesut Ozil's at his peak. You had players there that... Even if the rest of the squad wasn't necessarily up to standard, they were good enough to drag you over the line more often than not. And I think now at Arsenal, we're looking at more of a collective. And I think the fact that we do lack a world-class player in the mould of someone like Sanchez at his Arsenal peak, for example, means that. You know, we're not always going to get over the line when when things aren't going well. We're not, we haven't got that man to turn to and say, well, come on, we're out of ideas here. It's not happening for us. You can make the difference. We just don't have that player right now. And I don't even think Bukayo Saka is that player. Love him. Adore him. Think he's fantastic. Think he'll go on to have a great career. But right now, just to round off on this Saka stuff, if you're asking me what his actual valuation is now from outside the Arsenal walls, Fifty million pounds sounds about right. Anything more than that is 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 because we've added a load of premiums on things that a non-Arsenal fan probably wouldn't see as significant. So that's my uh, that's my take on that. But let's move on to Alexis Sanchez because reports emerged from Italy yesterday that the Chilean is going to be allowed to leave Inter for free. Um, Alexis Sanchez, fantastic player during his time at Arsenal. There's no doubt about it. And I guess the question that I want to ask you guys in the chat box is, given his current situation, given where he is at now, given where we are at now, would you take a gamble and try and bring Alexis Sanchez back to the club? Now, I don't think this is going to happen, okay? And we're speaking very hypothetically here. But it's an interesting debate because I've seen a mixed reaction to this on Twitter. There are Arsenal fans who would love... To see Alexis Sanchez come back to Emirates Stadium and there are others who were so disappointed and frustrated by the way he he acted towards the end of his Arsenal tenure and Arsenal career that they don't want to see him back and, and are not interested. I guess for me, I've talked about difference makers. I've talked about players who had the ability to, to extract more from Arsenal or, or produce Things for Arsenal that others couldn't, and get Arsenal over the line and win games for Arsenal as individuals. And I think when you when you think over the recent years and you think post Emirates era, very few did that better than Alexis Sanchez, if anybody, because he was sublime. He was incredible. He brought a winning mentality. He brought um, he brought a, an intensity, a doggedness. Um, you know, a desire to that front line, hard work. He pressed, he harried people, but on top of all that, he brought quality and the kind of quality that we've yet to see since his departure at the club. I, I genuinely believe that, but has too much happened for Arsenal to even consider bringing Alexis Sanchez back to the club. Well, you think about the way he wanted to leave, and you think about the way he threw a few strops towards the end of his Arsenal tenure, and that doesn't sit well with me. But to to look at it from the player's perspective, okay, a player who has no affiliation to Arsenal Football Club whatsoever or didn't have growing up as a as a young man, he doesn't feel the same way for Arsenal that you or I feel for Arsenal. And therefore, when a better offer came along or when the opportunity came to join a side where he felt it was it would be easier to compete, um, you know, he was going to want that. He was gonna take that because the unfortunately the club's ambition simply didn't match Alexis Sanchez's and that's the reality you know we were sitting here as Arsenal fans moaning and complaining about it yet when a player kind of uh, you know made that point or or acted frustrated or showed in any way shape or form that actually this club was not moving in the direction we all kind of turned on them as fans and went well get out of our club then you know if you don't want to be here get lost but actually we were losing a really really talented player Do I think Alexis Sanchez regrets leaving Arsenal the way he did? Yeah, I think he regrets leaving Arsenal the way he did because the way he did may prevent them offering him a lifeline or may have prevented them offering him a lifeline earlier on when after his move to Manchester United, it was clear that he was not at the top of his game, that things weren't going well. Did he realise what he had in terms of Arsene Wenger as a manager? Yes, there were shortcomings on Wenger's part for sure but I think what Arsene Wenger did was was gave Alexis Sanchez a freedom like no other manager would not Antonio Conte not Sir Alex Ferguson uh, not Jose Mourinho you know for me you think about all the things that that Alexis Sanchez did so brilliantly for Arsenal he started operating from the left hand side but he would drift in field he had that license he had that uh, kind of freedom to essentially play the game that he wanted to play and then he went and joined some some very different managers Jose Mourinho uh, Antonio Conte etc who were very rigid in their approaches very different in their approaches and I think Alexis suffered off the back of that so I think he'll regret it I think he'll regret leaving Arsenal he could have gone on to become an Arsenal legend is he finished at 32 years of age though I think injuries have been a big problem for Sanchez in recent seasons. There's no question about that. And as a result, he struggled for form and he struggled to kind of establish himself uh, at Inter. But every time I've seen him play for Inter, whether that be as a starter or whether that be as a substitute uh, coming on late in the games, I think he does still have something about him. He does still have the ability to influence games. Can he do it as frequently as he did maybe in, in years gone by? probably not, but for me, um, you know, he he can still be a difference maker, he can still bring you that M product at the end of an attack, and, and I thought it was very good for Inter at the weekend when they thrashed Bologna and he came on, I think he, he, he brings you something and he can still offer you something, but my view on this is while there is a temptation, To look at our wingers, to look, I've been talking about Saka. we've been talking about Smith Rowe, Pepe, who frustrates people from time to time. There is a temptation to look and go, you know what, Alexis Sanchez, you bring him back on a free transfer, you could do a lot worse. But this is about moving forward. Arsenal need to move forward as a football club. We talk time and time again about how important this youth project is, how key it is that Arsenal... Do take this approach of looking at the longer term and maybe there's going to be some short term pain in the process. But to do that, to sign someone like Alexis Sanchez on what would undoubtedly be a huge wage and probably include a big signing on fee because of the nature of his uh, you know, imminent departure from Inter. It, it just feels like it's a first of all, it's a big financial investment, but obviously there are. There are big risks when it comes to what the player would do in the Premier League now at this stage in his career. Is he still at that level? As good as he can still be in Italy, I think the Premier League is a very different animal. And so there is a temptation. You know, I adored him when he was at the club. I I lost a lot of respect for him with the way he acted at the end. But I got it as well because of where Arsenal were, because of what he wanted to go on and achieve. But I just, no, no. You know, no is is the conclusion. I I feel like I keep trying to talk myself into it being a good idea, but then I always come back to the no. I always go around the circle and come back to the point that you probably shouldn't go back to an ex. And Alexis Sanchez, because of the way he left the club, I think it's a lot more difficult with him than it is with some of the other players that have left us. And I think there was... You know, if you think back to Cesc Fabregas when he came back to the Premier League, obviously still had lots to offer as a player. Probably more than, uh, actually definitely more than Sanchez still has to offer now uh, at that point. But Arsenal were reluctant to take him back. And whether that was a mistake or not is kind of neither here nor there because it didn't happen. And I think it didn't happen because there is a real reluctance to go back and bring players in. Uh, or to go back and and turn to players again that once expressed their desire and desperation to leave that football club. I think there are instances like Cristiano Ronaldo, who is just the best player in the world, one of the best players in the world. And so to bring him back is a no-brainer. Everybody knew he wanted to go to Real Madrid. He was very respectful in the way he handled it all. And so that relationship between Ronaldo and Manchester United was still intact. But the one between Arsenal and Sanchez is frayed. And it's not something that you can just stitch back together. I think there is a big um there was a big disappointment within the football club with regards to how Sanchez went about forcing his move away. And so I think the door is closed on Alexis Sanchez. But you look at our wide players, you look at our, you know, our young players coming through, you could make the case that maybe he would block the development even further of somebody like Gabriel Martinelli, who's already kind of on the peripheries and needs more game time than he's currently getting. But I just feel like because of the way he left the club, and because there have been question marks about his form over the last couple of years, and taking into consideration what he'd command in terms of wages, signing on fees, etc., this is a no go. Uh, no go for me. Right, let's take um, a couple of your questions from the live chat. Uh, I can see uh, that there are a few of you uh, talking about the Sanchez thing. Uh, in the chat box, uh, Lewis Cooper says Sanchez wouldn't work at Arsenal. He wouldn't want to drop back and defend. Uh, KAG says, uh, I'd rather they give Super Jack a contract than give one to Alexis. Uh, Joe says uh, he has a winner's mentality and Arsenal didn't. That's why he left. Um, Zeus says, but Sanchez is still better than any of our Y players. I don't disagree with that. Honestly, I, I've said it so many times over the last few days that we can all sit here and we can talk about Smith Rowe and Saka. Going on to be the greatest players, or, or or some of the greatest players this football club has ever had, but they're not there yet. They're not there now. They're not there today, and they're still not at the level whereby Arsenal can compete for a Champions League spot, in my opinion. So, yeah, I, d- I don't disagree with that. Um, let's see uh, what else we've got. <laughs> Dave Atkinson says I would bring him back if he pays back the forty to fifty million pounds. That he cost us and accept twenty grand a month in wages. Uh, Mark Denny says, "What went wrong for such an incredible player as Sanchez was for us to become so bad?" Apparently, he regretted it on his first day at Manchester United. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not surprised. Not surprised at all. Matt G says, uh, "Harry, what's your unpopular opinion?" Mine is, "Good evening is not and never has been funny." Uh, so, my unpopular opinion is that. Saka and Smith row aren't good enough today to get us back into the champions league places. And I know that's an unpopular opinion because I dangled out a little bit of a tweet or well, I dangled out a tweet on it a couple of days ago. And some of the responses and DMS I got were crazy. So that's definitely my unpopular opinion. Uh, good evening is not that fun. No, it's not that funny. Is it like, I think when we first heard it, from Unai Emery and we heard it like four or five times in back-to-back press conferences it was like it's a bit of a catchphrase for him you know like Arsene Wenger's catchphrase was always like you know if we are physically and mentally focused like that that was always something that I expected to hear from Arsene Wenger in his interviews or press conferences and then he went through a phase towards the end of his Arsenal career when he used to say look at the beginning of every answer (laughs) and all of that was it's stuff we would talk about and make a bit of a laugh and a joke about but actually it was in jest and it was just a characteristic of how those guys talked but with Unai Emery it became a little bit of a a joke and then it went from being a joke to being something to take the piss out of him about and I think it did cross the line so yeah, I, I didn't find it funny. After a while, I got to admit. Uh, let's take a couple of. Uh, there's another one from Arsene Wenger, I believe. Yep, perfect. Uh, <laughs> let's see uh, what else we've got. Let's take this one from uh, Junior Gunner Harry. If there was one player in their prime you could bring back Emirates here at our side, who would it be? Cesc Fabregas, man. Uh, Honestly, I thought he was one of the best midfield players in the world at, at the point that we let him go. Sanchez was was great as well, let's be honest. Uh, but Cesc Fabregas was the one for me that I had a real affection with um, and it really hurt me when he left. I, I missed Van Persie as well. Uh, that one hurt too, but the Fabregas one killed me, I've got to be honest. Uh, let's see uh, what else we've got. Harry, please do the Wenger voice at the start of every show. I believe that physically and mentally if we are focused... Yeah. I've got to stop doing that. Uh, (laughs) Anthony says that impression was bang on. There you go. You know what? I might make a little... um, Maybe I should do like an intro for the podcast with Arsene Wenger and see how many people clock on that it's not actually Arsene Wenger. Who knows? Uh, Right, let's take this final question from Jakobus who says, uh, Harry, do you think that we should either play... Saka or Pepe on the right side and give the left-hand side to Emile Smith-Rowe and Martinelli with Odegaard in the middle yeah um, I wouldn't be against that I think that look I think there are going to be injuries I think there are going to be dips in form I think there are going to be times where tactically Mikel Arteta feels that certain players should play in 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 certain fixtures because that's what our game plan entails and I think that all of them will get enough opportunities over the course of the season and I think one of the reasons I'm really looking forward to the Carabao Cup game which we're going to preview later on on our second live podcast of the day so join me 4 15 p.m uk time on here for that one but one of the things we're really going to look at is some of the players that are on the fringes that I'm expecting to play a part and how important it is that those guys take their opportunities because I hear a lot about Martinelli uh, and about others about how they're not they're not at the, you know, they're not getting opportunities. But equally, when they do get them, which I expect many of them to get on Wednesday, they've got to bloody take them. And and that is so, so important. We just, we look at some of these players and, and you know, the last time Martinelli got a real opportunity was away at Brentford. Okay, he'd come back from the Olympics, wasn't at peak condition, but he didn't take that opportunity for me. And, and so now it's more imperative that when these cup competitions come along and he is going to get that game time, he needs to make the most of it. He really does. Uh, just finally, I'll take this one from Jonathan. He says a bit off topic. Do you have any favorite Italian club, Harry? I don't support an Italian club, but I do have a thing for AC Milan. Uh, I don't know why history, tradition. Uh, I don't know what it is. But yeah, If if you asked me and I had to pick one, then I'd go. I'd go with them for sure. Right, We are going to leave it there. And as I say, we'll be back with another live stream a little bit later on today, 4.15 p.m. UK time. Thank you for all your brilliant interaction, your questions, your thoughts in the chat box. It's been great uh, communicating with you all as always. Please do, if you haven't done so already, hit that like button. It really, really helps. We've only got 60 likes on the board, but there's over 250 of you watching me live at this very moment. So if you could help me get that to 100 likes. I'd be so grateful. Hit the like button now. Hit the like button. If you hate Tottenham, get involved. Uh, big thank you uh, to all of you in the chat box for your life, uh, for your nice comments as well. Uh, thanking me for the show. No, thank you guys for tuning in, honestly, because it'd be nothing without you all. Uh, so thank you so much. I'll catch you all later. Bye bye for now.